Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Shenmue Dojo Interviews. My guest today could be considered the, the face of Ria Hazuki. When he's not walking around hunting for sailors or buying toy capsules, he can be found streaming Shenmue on his Twitch channel every Saturday afternoon. My guest today is the voice of Ria Hazuki, Corey Marshall. So Corey, welcome to the dojo and thank you for joining me. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? Uh, I am excellent. Thank you so much for inviting me. I uh, I am honored to be here at the Shenmue Dojo. <laughs> well, we are absolutely honored to have you. Um, it's the first, I think, I think the first time we've spoken actually. Yeah, is that true? I think we, we, streamed, we streamed together once. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good time. That was really good time. It was December time. It was really good time, actually. I had so much. I was, yeah, setting it up was interesting. <laughs> By the end of it, my computer had, had got really hot and decided it had enough. Oh, really? <laughs> but hey ho. Yeah, it was one of those because I was running. I think there was five of us on stream, yeah. plus the game, <laughs> plus pass heck, and disc and Discord. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of processing. But anyway, I digress. Thank you for joining me. Um, before I dive into sort of the main sort of body of the interview, um, would you, for the benefit of sort of newer fans to Shenmue who who may not have come across you before, sort of in the early days, could you give me sort of a a walkthrough of how you ended up getting into voice acting and how sort of you came across Shenmue itself? Sure. Um, well, that's easy because um, believe it or not, Shenmue was my very first uh, adventure into voice acting. And uh, it happened sort of like this. Um, <clears throat> I had been doing um, acting, uh, all sorts of acting, really. I, I mean, I started out uh, in theater when I was very young. Um, and I had uh, sort of progressed my way into um, like TV uh movies and stuff like that i was this is when i was still living in texas and there, there was kind of a, a a blossoming uh movie and tv industry down there in texas uh about about that time so i was kind of lucky i had the opportunity to to be on a few shows and stuff like that there's like walker texas ranger and uh rough riders and uh, a few other um television shows that uh that you know kind of became uh you know pretty popular and like i said they, they started doing uh movies down there as well and uh sort of because of my martial arts background i i had this sort of natural ability to move so they started putting me in musicals as well and they were like hey you're really athletic you know why don't you do some dancing and i was like okay <laughs> so yeah i started doing um uh, musical theater and started uh, 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 started dancing, and and so it started becoming my. I was in high school, you know, and I thought, hey, I, of course, I want to go to college, uh, and I want to do it in entertainment. What do I do? Um, and I started looking around, and it seemed like the acting um, um, uh, world was saturated with people. There's just thousands and thousands and thousands of people trying to go to college with with acting and I was like man there's just there's just like no way will I even get into it I who, who knows and I thought but there're not too many dudes who are dancing so maybe I'll go that route 
And I, I started like my senior year of high school, I started taking dance really seriously. I started doing uh, ballet and modern dance. And uh, I, I studied really hard for, you know, a year. And of course, I was studying before that, but at that I, I like really kind of buckled down. And I, I auditioned for um, uh, several colleges. And believe it or not, I got into three of the four colleges that I um, auditioned for. And a couple of them gave me a scholarship, including a purchase uh, there in New York. And so that's how I ended up in New York. Um, so at the time of the Shenmue audition, I was actually studying ballet and modern dance there in, at my college, I was, I was going for, a a BFA in, um, uh, in dance, believe it or not. But, um, so I was looking around for auditions, uh, you know, kind of supplementing some income, looking for, uh, some more work. And uh, at the time, there was this publication called The Backstage, and it's kind of like a little, it's almost like a newspaper. I'm sure, you know, <laughs> I know they don't have it anymore. I'm sure it's all digital. Um, but back then, it was still physical, right? They had, it's actually like a little newspaper. And um, I remember there was this tiny little article. Man, it was like, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe the size of my thumb each way. And uh it just had this sort of, you know, uh, uh, nondescript, uh, maybe t intentionally vague um, audition details where it said uh, audition for a video game uh, two to three months in Japan for, I think it said, you know, for, for a major game company. And um, I thought, hey, you know, um, I'm a really big fan of Japanese anime. I'm a big fan of video games. Uh, I'm an actor. So I'm going to give it a shot. See what happens. Because, I mean, I really, I, I had no previous experience voice acting. Um, but I just kind of took something that I, you know, something that I love, some passion that I had and said, hey, you know, let's use all of my past experience and 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 just see what I can do with it. Um, and that's that's what I decided to do. I, I, I kind of tell myself, it's like, I, I kind of stupidly went into the audition, not knowing what I was doing and just said, oh, forget it. Let's just see what happens, you know, throw, throw caution to the wind and, uh, and just go for it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that, that was it. You know, I, I, I it's funny. I kind of tell the audition process because it's, it, it was also, again, me not knowing what I was doing. It was kind of, uh, funny that when I went in there, they sort of described the character to me and I thought, okay, yeah, he's, they said something to the effect of, um, he's a young martial artist. Uh, he's been, uh, taught martial arts by his father and it's sort of their, their, their family tradition. Uh, you know, he's, he's a very serious young man. Uh, but the, I, I don't, I, mean, I don't remember how much detail they went into it. Uh, but they sort of gave me this baseline character and I thought, oh, okay, cool. So he's kind of like this real serious, straightforward uh, character. Let's see what I can do with that. And I went into the audition and I, and I literally did Hazuki, right? That I just, I decided to sort of do that, you know, melodic, very, uh, you know, straightforward. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like a stoic, I call him a very stoic character. Yeah. And, uh, they listened to what I did, um, and and that was it. There was like silence on the other end, 
And uh, I kind of wondered what was going on, you know, and I thought maybe they were kind of discussing something in the back. Maybe they were just like, this guy is no, he didn't. He didn't talk about that. Uh, that, that was that was terrible because it was in New York. They everything there is sort of repurposed. So I kind of felt like I was probably in uh, what used to be a closet that was soundproofed and they had, you know, uh, a tight, the tiniest little window, smaller than my computer screen, right? Like just the tiniest little window and you can't even really see anything. Maybe there's some movement back there. I don't know. Maybe there's got to be at least one person back there. Sure. Cause the light is on. I don't, I can't even tell. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, just dead silence, dead silence. And I thought, Oh, maybe they, they really didn't like that. Oh man, that was, maybe that was a bad choice. Ooh, maybe that, that stoic character was a bad choice. And they kind of clicked the little talk button and they're like okay thank you and i thought oh and, and, and i remember i i kind of panicked and i was like oh did you want me to do something else i can do a different character i can do a different voice i can do it a different way because I, I thought like oh god that was it oh, no no they, they were done oh and and, and they're like no <laughs> thank you i thought oh i blew it i blew it <laughs> that was my man that was my first audition you know i kind of wanted to do a little bit better than that um, you know, but whatever, I have to go home. I have to forget it. I have to move on. Cause that's what you do as an actor. You know, you, you do the audition and you forget it, you know, because if you, if you dwell on it, it's just going to eat you up and you know, you're going to think, well, why didn't they like me? Yeah, you can't do that. You, you know, you, you have to think, well, what can I do better? Think about it. And then just, just, just move on, just completely move on <laughs> with life in general. Um, but literally two days, I think it was two days later, they called me up and said, hey, uh, we'd like to have you come in and um, and do another audition. Um, and I thought, oh, OK, interesting. All right, sure. <laughs> so I went in there and they kind of gave me they gave me a different script and uh, they kind of said the same thing. And I thought, oh, OK. And I and I remember even asking right then and there. I was like, oh, did, did you like what I did last time? Because I don't know. <laughs> I didn't get any feedback, you know. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, we, we like that. We like the way you sound. And I said, oh, you don't want me to change my voice at all? Because I can do that. I can give you a different voice. And they said, no. You know, the only thing is, is that he's a little bit young he's 18 i mean i was i was only 19 at the time I, or how old was i not 19 at the time and they said yeah your you know your voice is great but uh we want him to be just slightly younger if you could do that and i was like yeah sure so i kind of changed my pitch a little bit i kind of brought up my my pitch just a little bit and uh i did the lines and again it's weird like i, I guess this is a japanese thing they're, they they hear it and then they discuss, but they didn't let, let me know again because it's just I did my lines. Nothing. <laughs> Crickets, you know what I mean? Like, and of course, in that room, it's a sound booth, right? It's just dead silence. You can't you can't hear anything. No noise from outside, no planes, no cars. You know, you can you can practically hear your own heartbeat. In a, in a place like that you know what i mean so it's i'm just in this void of of noise and uh i'm th of course my brain is racing like oh you know was that okay what was going on so i should do something else or i just should I do this line oh maybe that line oh this is a stoic thing is this what they want is this what's going on oh man i i mean they did say that they liked it of course my brain is just going 100 miles an hour and again they did i swear to god they did the same thing they were like okay thank you 
And I thought, oh, God, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Oh, God. <laughs> Again, I went home. I believe it was just a couple of days later that they called me up. And they actually had um, an English-speaking guy actually from the States. I think it was just an intermediary uh, company that they were kind of going through that that uh, yeah. Sega had hired to to go through me. Anyway, um, and the guy was like, hey, uh, you know, I got some... I got some bad news. Uh, you're going to have to move to Japan. And I was like, oh, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Thanks. All right. You know, <laughs> thanks for that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I think, the, you know, the reason I talk about that audition is because um, people ask me, um, sometimes they ask me, why did they choose me? And I think it's just because they wanted somebody um, that didn't have to do much, you know what I mean? Uh, they just wanted a speaking voice that they yeah. liked, you know, they, especially since the way Yu Suzuki does it is, um, you know, he wants me to be in there almost every day of the week, uh, with, you know, big, massive script like this. And he wants me to ask every vendor, every question, and they didn't want me to have to uh, do something crazy. You know, they didn't want me to change my voice. They didn't want me to do, um, you know, anything too dramatic. So they just wanted a speaking voice that they uh, liked that fit into the character. So I, I think that's just how I ended up getting it. Just because Yu Suzuki thought that my voice plugged into uh, the character, you know? It's really nice to hear. It's so funny that you say you were met with walls of silence twice. Because I know for me, as feedback, you'd be sat there going, what have I done? Have I, have I upset? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When I got that silence, I just thought, oh man, they, they, they didn't like it so much that they just gave up on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? My thought was they just gave up. And it was the com complete opposite, in fact, which is it's really interesting to hear that. So obviously you've, you've been whisked to Japan at this point and you're you're recording did you realize the scale of the project when you turned up or was it a surprise to you when when it, you got into that recording yeah, studio it, on the first it day it was a complete surprise um i didn't know the pro in fact i didn't even know i was working for sega until after i had gotten the job so i had gotten i had gotten the job and they said oh yeah this is uh this is for sega and i was like oh yes <laughs> you know what i mean like Fantastic! Of course, you want to work for uh, 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 a company such as Sega. And when I got there, I did not know of the game. It was my first exposure even to the word Shenmue. And um, they uh, brought me into Sega headquarters and they introduced me to the product, uh, to, to the project, I should say. And uh, they showed me all this information uh, these huge books of uh characters and every single character i mean i mean every character every child every street vendor and of course all the main characters they all had um their picture uh their uh, their name their date of birth their blood type um a small bit of information about them like oh this person is related to uh, i think it was like this person is this person, uh, this other person's um, uncle or grandfather, and they run a shop, and they are from China, and they have the, they're part of the three blades, like like 
you know, they, they, every character had some sort of information yeah. about them. And there's just whole books, whole books full of these characters. And they showed me all of the research that they did. They had gone around to towns in Japan. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, uh, uh, over in the actual locations and took, took pictures to try and get, uh, everything you know just right to get the look and the feel just right of those particular locations and um even even just taking pictures of bridges um to see you know the, the particular shape of of things and they they wanted to make sure that all the details were were just right you know as much as they could anyway they could fit it into the game um and i and i remember seeing uh research and they must have had already been thinking see my brain is it's been it's been a while now but i'm trying to recall uh i don't believe it was all japan i believe they had already started taking pictures of of china at that point um but i can't confirm that don't don't let my brain confuse you because i just remember there was so much uh so much so many pictures that they had already taken and um um, uh, they were probably already thinking about the future, but who knows? D don't, don't, don't quote me on, on what my brain is remembering, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember that they had all of this, uh, reference material that they had already done. And I was so, uh, fascinated by that too. I thought like, Hey, you guys live in Japan. Don't you know what it looks like? But I realized that they, they were very, um, specific about the location. You know, they wanted to make sure that they got that just right. Um, so when you go there, you kind of have the same sort of feeling, you know, so they kind of, they wanted to, and I think they, um, you know, of course it took place, uh, in the past and they try to, and they try to get the, that particular feeling as well. They wanted to make yeah. sure they got that, that, that feeling back in the 1980s, Japan in that area. But, um, <clears throat> Yeah. And then, oh, when I got there, too, they ended up giving me a Dreamcast to play Shenmu, And they gave me a um, Japanese voiced Shenmu with English subtitles on it so that I could play as as I'm okay. uh, voicing it as well. So, um I remember playing it for the, you know, putting it into the Dreamcast. And I was like, cool, let's see what this is all about. And it was, yeah, it's, it's that same feeling <clears throat> that I'm sure a lot of people got when you, you wake up in your room and you can, you know, do whatever. You can open up all the drawers. You can talk to people. And I remember going outside and be like, dude, you can talk to anybody, anybody. And they all talk and they all talk, you know. I, I, I just remember that feeling of, wow, this is... Um, this is what I've always wanted in a video game, you know, uh, because I, I just remember at that point, you know, you could be in a room, but you couldn't do as much, right? Like there was only so many things that you could interact with or, yeah. or you were in a game and you couldn't, you know, talk to everybody. Um, not everybody had a voice. Some people just had dialogue. Some people did have voices, you know, but, but Shenmue was sort of, you know, a, a, a whole bigger package, right? There were so many more things that you could do all at once. I just remember that like, oh yes, this is where video games obviously are going. Everybody's going to be doing this in the future. So that that's that's sort of some of my memories of getting in there and, and, and really seeing the whole scope of the project. Not only all of the uh, research and stuff that they had done, 
Um, but yeah, just the, giving me the game itself. And I thought, wow, this is, this is, this is a special game. Yeah. And especially at the time when you consider, as you say, it hadn't been done before mm. that, that type of game of everything voiced, you could do what you want. You could talk to who you want. Mm-hmm. It, it set the bar for what we have in gaming now and what, what is now sort of industry standard to a point Shenmue started. So it's, you have a place in history there to yeah. be fair in gaming history. It's probably the first real. Uh, I'm probably talking uh, video, video game historian might talk tell me off here, but the first real proper open world, or what we consider open world game, was Shenmue. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, you know, uh, you know, I kind of feel like a lot of other games try. Even even for example, the concept of time, right? Some other games had played around with that um concept of open world people have uh have used and the concept of uh, everybody talking it's it's kind of like other people had dabbled in those sorts of things and Shenmue really brought it all together into one game um and and that's what really makes it special because it's 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 kind of like um yeah I think you're right nobody had taken it to that particular scale you know what I mean it's had not been uh, all brought together into one um, project, uh, at least that I'm aware of. Because again, you know, there there had been some open world concepts. Again, you know, voices all that. There's all the all. There are several games that I can think of that sort of, you know, did did all that, um, but all separately. You know, some of them had done uh, some of them had done this, yeah. some of them had done that, but none of, nobody had ever been able to bring it all together into one uh, one. You know, <laughs> I mean, really, I think Yu Suzuki really created a masterpiece. Nobody had really been able to bring all that together, um, at least not to my knowledge, um, and into the scale that uh, Shenmue did. And I think a lot of people uh, agree with that. Yeah, and I, I would definitely agree with that comment. I mean, I could go through video games and I think of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which is it's really, really revered video game, was open world. But it was, it was it, it didn't go as far as Shenmue did. Shenmue pushed those boundaries. So part of pushing those boundaries was the voice acting, which obviously you did. So sort of touching on that recording process, um, are there any particular favorite moments from recording the first two games that you you can talk about? Yeah, you know, and that that's that's an easy question because uh, Sega has these wonderful, large <laughs> um, sound uh, studio booth, I guess I should say where it, it's big enough to accommodate like a whole uh, whole band. You know what I mean? I suppose if they wanted to, they could get guitars, yeah. drums, singers all in the same room. It's it's rather large because all the other recording booths that I had been up uh, been into in my career, even to this day, are mostly very small um, because they want to keep the, the noise down. Um, it's it's just harder to uh, it's harder to soundproof a, a larger room. There's there's you know, sound bouncing off of things, whether it's, you know, chairs or if it's, you know, stands where you're reading or whatever, you know. Um, um, But what was great about that particular studio is that um, they allowed multiple actors in the sound booth at the same time. And, you know, some of the best memories that I have is when, for example, uh, it was me, uh, Paul Lucas, probably doing Chai, right? Uh, the actor who did Master Chen, and then uh, Eric Kelso, who did 
uh, Guizan, right? So they're all four of us in the same room at the yeah. same time, and we're all acting off of each other, um, which is kind of, you know, not really a thing <laughs> in 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 voiceover most of the time all the other voiceover work that i did with the anime and um some of the other games that i had done and stuff like that you know most of the time you're in there by yourself you do your lines and you split right you know like there's 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 time crunch you know yeah. you got to be in there a particular time slot because there's another actor coming in and um, sometimes you get the other actor's voice coming back at you if they previously recorded and it's already done and rendered and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, a lot of times you don't. A lot of times if you're doing yeah. a translation, it's just the Japanese. So you go off of the Japanese. So what was great about um, Shenmue and Sega Studios is that they, they allowed multiple actors in there at the same time. I remember being in there with um, Liesl Wilkerson, who who did a whole bunch of characters, right? We I think uh, we she was Joy and I was doing uh, Hazuki at the time. It was so cool to have her in the room with me to actually hear her voice, to be able to feed off of that energy. You know, when she's being all like sassy and you know <laughs> Joy, right? I can be like, what? Baby? <laughs> like, calm down. Like, you ran into me. Like, what's you know what's <laughs> so you can hear her, and I can feed off of that energy. So that that was great um, for 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 it to be my first voice acting experience. I think I just kind of thought that that was normal um, that you <laughs> that um, with bigger scenes or with more main characters, you had the opportunity to to be with the other actor. But then I found out later that, yeah, most of the time you're just by yourself and you got to do, do the best you can, you know. But that was I love that. That was fantastic. I love being in there with the other actors. Yeah, and I, I think of the scenes with Rio and Ren when they've been captured mm. in Kowloon, running along in the handcuffs. And that's that sort of scene where I think that, that relationship where you, both of you in the studio together, you can bounce off of each other. Yeah, it, You can feel that in the game itself, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Eric does, yeah, he does a great Ren, you know, the, their their dynamic, uh, Hazuki and Ren is I, this is like yin yang relationship, right? They're 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 like, you know, yes. I, I talk about them being um, sort of reluctant brothers, right? <laughs> like there's the goody two shoes brother, you know, the boy scout yeah, brother, yeah. right? And then there's the there's the the brother that kind of went off the rails, right? You know, and then and just like, oh man, like I can't believe. You know, he's my brother, but I love him. Uh, oh, man, this, I can't believe I have to kind of live my life with him. Kind of, You know what I mean? They find themselves in this situation where they're kind of glued together, literally by 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 handcuffs, right? <laughs> they, they can't escape each other. Uh, and yeah, again, that was great. Being in the studio with Eric and having him give you that character, he can kind of feel Hazuki's annoyance, you know, that he's like, oh, God, I, I'm literally handcuffed to this guy and I have to um, deal with this person and their personality that's probably literally the opposite of mine. Um, and it's just great. It's just uh, Yu Suzuki did a really, really fantastic job uh, creating those two character dynamics. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's continued in Shenmue 3, actually. But mm -hmm. we'll touch on that in a minute. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the Shenmue 2 recording process, did, did, was there a feeling that 
Shenmue 3 wasn't necessary on the cards? Did, did you get that feel from the team at all? No. Um, if they had any sort of inkling, uh, they didn't let us know. <laughs> I think all of the actors were just assuming like, hey, great, you know, see you in a couple of, uh, see you in about a year. We'll be back here, you know, great. See you soon, my man, you know, and we just, I think we all just assumed that we would be back. And then even even when I heard that uh, Shenmue 2 had to transfer over to the Xbox, I was I was almost relieved in a way. I was like, oh, man, we lost the Dreamcast. But um, well, now we're on Xbox. Cool. Great. Now we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll keep going. You know, we'll make Shenmue 3. That will be on Xbox. No problem. We'll just we'll 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 get back on track and then and that'll be it. Sweet. Cool. I'm looking forward to going back to Japan. Things have been all ironed out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's what I thought when 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 it went on to the Xbox. That was my feeling. I thought, oh, cool, great, everything's going to work out now, um, and we'll we'll just continue. And uh, you know, you just you kind of kept kept waiting and kept waiting, and um, you know, uh, yeah. And then and then you know, and nearly, fifteen years passed. Right, fifteen and... years passed. Exactly. <laughs> And we're still hanging out in the cave eating, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, cave spiders or something. I don't know. <laughs> so obviously the wait got longer and longer. 15 years passed. We had the odd cameo from Rio here or there. He came, he popped up in All-Stars yeah. Racing, which mm-hmm. um, uh trying to think. You, were, you weren't actually credited for it. I checked the credits for it. Oh, really? Which I was oh, like, oh, I'm really surprised because they used your voice. Yeah, yeah. cheeky sods. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's okay. You know, I think, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, everybody knows that uh, they they took the old uh, samples of my voice and and put that in there. So yeah, you know, that's all right. I mean, we we makes the, sense. The fans know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes it makes sense anyway. Um, did you? As as sort of the time went on, did you did you keep following Shenmue? Keep following the rumors? I know you popped up on the dojo around two thousand ten, yeah. two thousand eleven. Did did you did you keep following everything in that in that hope that it would get announced? Yeah, the the fans never let me go. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, um, uh, I, I was I was always, for example, those rumors or when something else happened. Uh, like Hazuki showed up, yeah. like you said, a cameo or something like that. Or if, um, yeah, there, there, oh, there was the release of the Shenmue Online material. Some people saw that stuff, and then, um, yes, oh, some <clears throat> some of the information about um, uh, the the Sega Saturn version of Shenmue, where people had kind of found some of that stuff, and you know, all that stuff had trickled throughout the years and people the fans are just fantastic yeah the fans have always kept in contact with me even throughout that 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 long time period like you said like 15 years right fans were always pardon me talking to me sending me things about Shenmue oh did you see this did you see that oh isn't this cool and um I had uh, known some of these uh, people for so long that um, I mean they became like friends to me. You know, some of these some of these fans um, are, are are just they're, they're just they're they're always a constant presence in my life in a good way. And um, uh, so yeah, Shenmue. I had always thought like Shenmue. I, I had I, I, I see the thing is I'm a fan myself. I love Shenmue. I love the games. I love playing the games and I've always wanted the the game to continue, not just for work, 
but because I want to see the story continued. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I can't wait for at, at that point, Shenmue three, I can't wait for Shenmue four at this point. Um, so, uh, I too was, you know, sort of like in that fan base <laughs> where I always had hope, you know, yeah. I always kept that, that fire alive, that, that Amber, you know, I always thought like, Oh, it's, I'm, you know, it's, 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 it's deep down inside of me, but I, I'm always have that hope. I'm, I'm always hoping that somehow, some way, you know, we'll get the license, you know, we'll, you know, something's going to happen. You know, people did talk to me before about Kickstarter. They're like, well, why don't we just Kickstarter it? And I was like, well, that sounds fantastic, but who owns what? You know, I mean, you know, Yu Suzuki is Yu Suzuki work on the project. We're talking about um, who, like the licensing from Sega and even the music. I mean, who owns the music? And then. Uh, I was talking about this stuff that's in the game too, and and and, I, and and a lot of fans know what's going on when you know the differences in the watch, the differences in the soda that he drinks, the differences, and you know, and I'm like, all these things are really complicated. There's there's armies of lawyers that have to figure all these things out, and it, it's really it's, Kickstarter sounds fantastic, but uh, you know, what do we do? You know, there's just so much to hash out, and people were like, oh yeah, I could see how that could be a problem. But, um, yeah, when Yu Suzuki decided to to do that Kickstarter and I said, oh, this is great. Like, you know, again, all that stuff that has to be figured out is going to get figured out. Of course, we're go we're going to, um, you know, iron all that stuff out. But, you know, when he decided to uh, start his own company and to and to take it on himself, I thought, oh, OK, great. I think we might have a chance here. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Um, because he's not going to just take on the yeah, adventure uh, without uh, without the confidence that he'll get it done. And in fact, I'm sure they had already figured out, you know, pretty much everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I was always in I was always in that camp. You know, I was always in that uh, uh, Shenmue three uh, will eventually happen. I don't I don't if I'm if I if I've lost all my hair and I'm you know. Uh, 70 years old i'm still gonna try and get all that uh uh that 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 old hazuki voice back let's see if i can do it you know i don't i don't smoke cigarettes or anything like that so i think i <laughs> if i'm 70 hopefully hopefully i can still pull out that voice <laughs> well you did it very well for shenmue 3 but i'll touch on on the recording for that in a minute so the night before e3 i'm just interested i ask everybody this did you see the forklift tweet from yu suzuki no, I did not. No, I did not see the forklift tweet. Um, so because because when that when that E3 happened, um, I was surprised, uh, just like everybody else. So yeah, I didn't I didn't see the forklift tweet. Um, uh, people had mentioned it to me afterwards, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I wasn't aware of it. You know, see, the thing is, is that um, I'll tell the story about E3, if you don't mind. Um, I yeah, please, please do. Okay. I was coming home with my daughter. I think we were coming home from school or something like that. And um, we were getting out of the car and I had a whole bunch of stuff in my hand. I, I don't know why there was like extras, like an extra jacket in the car. I think I had bought some groceries or something. I remember my hands being full. Um, and my daughter was getting out. And uh, as my hands are full of whatever groceries and stuff, my phone starts to go off. It starts to ping. You know, it's like, ba ding, ba ding. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, somebody's texting me. Cool. I'll get, I'll get to them when I get to the, when I get to the house. But then um, other notifications started to pop up. You know, you have different sounds on your phone for different notifications. You got one for Facebook. You got one for instant message. You got one for, you know, text yeah. message or whatever. So it's like, ding, brong, ding, ching, kung, ping, ching, kung. so I'm getting all these different pegs on my phone. And I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. All right. Something's going on. And I thought, okay, well, it's either a national emergency, right? We've had another 9-11. There's a terrorist attack or something. I was like, oh, I hope it's not that. Oh, please, please, please say it's not that. And then I and I remembered, I was like, yeah, you know, E3 is going on right now. <clears throat> like right now, like as we speak, right? And I was like, no, no, it's it's not. It's, it's, it's not that, right? Like, okay, maybe. All right, what's going on? Could it be? Could it be Shinmu? Could it be Shinmu? Okay, don't don't even think about it. Nope, 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 nope. I'm gonna get upstairs. I'm gonna find out what it is. Okay, well, we'll it just don't don't th don't think about it. Okay, don't get all excited. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I remember going up the stairs, um, kind of fumbling with my key to get it into the door. You know what I mean? Kind of like with my hands full, and I'm kind of doing the uh, 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 trying to get it in. And <laughs> I remember. My wife opens the door and the like the key is still in the door because I'm trying, you know, whatever. So it leaves my hand and she has her iPad in her hand and she's kind of looking at me and she goes, did you hear? <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> and I was like, is it Shenmo? And she said, yeah. So we went over to my TV. We turned on uh, the live event. We saw uh, E3 as it was happening. We saw the announcement. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. So I, I literally found out the same time everybody else did. I had no previous um, you know, inkling or anything like that. Or like you said, that tweet or something like that. Um, I, 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 I was just elated and, uh, uh, you know... Just, so I, I just uh, that sort of that that moment of disbelief, like, oh, I can't believe we're finally here after this massive journey, this the, <laughs> this undertaking that they must have got had had to go through in order to get it done, and to to hear that music play and the reaction of the crowd, and to see and to see some of the folks, um, um, to see some of their reactions. Oh man, like seriously, so so. So many emotions, right? Just I was so excited. I was so yeah. I was very emotional myself. And then I saw the reactions of other people. <clears throat> and and that that really I know how Shenmu affects people, uh, because I've talked to so many people throughout the years. But when I saw people's reaction to the announcement of Shenmu 3, oh my God, I was so uh so touched, so humbled, so um you know, again, the, all, all those emotions to see how other people reacted to it. I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is this is so Yu Suzuki's um, project is so important to so many people. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe that somehow I could be, you know, a part of something that affects people's lives in such a profound way. I can't I, I'm so. I'm so uh, I, again. I, I use the word humbled to to be a part of something like that. I, I just I, when I saw those reactions, I I, I I I myself got emotional just on that. You know, seeing other people react. <laughs> so um, 
yeah, that was that was that was uh, that was a, a a moment in my life that I will not soon forget. <laughs> no, and I will put it as only second to my wedding day. Mm. That's where wow. I hold that announcement. Wow! So it sums it up really, which is it's crazy. I'm, and talking about E3 2015 is, I don't, I've never felt something like that about a video game conference since. It yeah. was unreal, and like you, I got swept up in the emotion of of the reactions of everybody else. There's people in tears. It was it, it was such a profound reaction, yeah. and it was one that I think Shenmue deserved actually. But I'm also biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think I think um, it's because so many people um, had fought in their own way. Um, to get Shenmue 3 made, you know, whether it was uh, keeping, like I said, keeping that Amber alive, uh, talking about it online, the uh, you guys with Shenmue Dojo, you know, uh, people talking about, um, you know, taking out the the advertisement right across from E3 that said, uh, I forgot what the advertisement was supposed to say, like, uh, you know, um, you know, something about Shenmue 3. Um, but I, I kind of feel like so many people had... Um, had worked, had fought in their own way to try and get Shenmue 3 made just about, uh, you know, keeping uh, the fandom alive, keeping the the hope and the, um, and, and uh, again, with all of the stuff that had trickled throughout the year, oh my God, Shenmue fans are so awesome. You know, I mean, sometimes when a, when a movie, you know, uh, comes out, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel that there is a, a, a large base of people who 15 years later would try to get part three of a, of a movie made, you know what I mean? I mean, some of these, some of these movies profoundly, um, change our culture, you know, but I don't, I, I, I can't remember of, uh, of, a of a game or another movie, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe cause I'm in that sphere. I hear it more, but I can't. You know, that's like um, something that comes to mind is maybe like Star Trek fans or something like that, where where they are very deeply, uh, yeah. you know, engrossed into it and they know the world. And some people learn Klingon and, uh, you know, like they, they go to conventions and they always want more Star Trek material, you know, but I, I kind of feel that um, maybe a lot of people even counted out Shinmu. you know what I mean? A lot of people on the outside said, well, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think you guys may be a little bit overzealous. You might be a little crazy even. Like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? It's 15 years later. You know, it's not going to happen. Yu Suzuki's not even there. And, uh, you know, it's just like Sega's never going to let it go. I mean, there's a lot of, there are a lot of naysayers out there. Um, so it's not like, yeah. Uh, Shenmue is kind of unique in that way where there were some people on the outside who were just like, no, this, it's never going to, like, come on, it's never going to happen. But the fans never let it go. Never let it go. And uh, there's such, the, the communities out there, uh, you know, and I point to Shenmue Dojo, the communities out there are just so solid, so strong. Um, and they, 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 um, I, I really do feel um, that the Shenmue fans really 
uh, got Shenmue 3 made. I, I mean, literally with the Kickstarter, right? But because because Shenmue mm-hmm. fans never let it go. They always said, let's do three. Let's do three. I kind of feel like uh, Yu Suzuki, this, yeah. this is his project. He's always wanted to get this done. This is like, you know, his, his magnum opus, right? This is, this is his baby. Um, but, but I feel that the fans, he probably thought that he had no choice, but to, but to make sure that somehow, some way he got this done for the fans. I really do think that, you know, everywhere he went, he, he must've been, you know, inundated with fan requests to get Shenmue 3 done. When's Shenmue 3 going to happen? He's just like, oh my God, I got to get Shenmue 3 done because they're never going to leave me alone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, uh, It's just, uh, I I think, you know, with this being um, a project that he, that he loves so much, he must've gotten so much, uh, you know, love and support and encouragement from the fans uh, to get it done. Uh, so I yeah, think definitely. that uh, that that must have given him some uh, a, a fantastic drive to uh, to make sure that no matter no matter the odds, no matter what's going on, that he's going to get Shenmue three um, done. I really I really believe because of the support of the fans um, giving him giving him all the uh, all of the love. And um, the, the, again, the encouragement that he needed, I, I believe that, that that must have given him uh, whatever he needed to uh, to get Sh- Shenmue 3 done. I, re- I really do. And I would absolutely agree with that. And he's always said he was looking for ways mm-hmm. to, to finish it or to get it going again for the fans. And speaking of the communities that you've already touched on, the announcement was made, Shenmue 3 is happening, the Kickstarter went live. The, the community jumped on that and said, right, is Corey coming back? Is Corey coming back? How long did it take them to reach out to you from the Kickstarter announcement to then getting in touch with you? Yeah, it wasn't very long. Um, so if you guys remember during during the um, during the E3, they had a little bit of gameplay um, and they had a guy who sounded like me um, and uh he yes, tried to did. copy, try to copy my voice. And when I, so when I, I had that excitement of Shenmue three being made. And then I heard that guy and I was like, oh shit. Like they're not gonna replace me with that guy. Are they? <laughs> I was like, oh man, like, is that guy in Japan? Oh, of course, probably. Oh dude, that means that they're going to record it in Japan. They're going to have some guy who sounds like me. So I kind of had a moment of, you know, a, a bit of panic uh, because I've done a lot of work in my life. Um, but the thing that I've really enjoyed, I think, the most is doing Hazuki. And um, uh, and, and and it's the main role. It's my breakout role in voiceover. And I, I, I really wanted that back. And I, and I thought like, oh, man, are, are they going to? Oh, well, we'll see. You know what I mean? Like, don't panic. Uh, just we'll, we'll see what happens. And again, when I talk about the fans, the fans um, caught fire, right? They started texting me. They all wanted to know, am I going to be back? Have I been contacted? And I said, hey, look, uh, I haven't been contacted yet. And this was just right afterwards, you know? And they and I, and I told people, I was like, um, look, I, you know, maybe 
put it out there. See what happens. I don't know. Like I, I, I haven't been contacted yet, so maybe you need to let your feelings be heard. And man, they really did. Everybody said like Corey Marshall has to be back. We want Corey Marshall. Blah 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 blah. And 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 when I say fans caught fire, I, I mean like it, it was all over the place. People were talking about it, and I thought, oh my god, I can't believe um, people <laughs> people really like me <laughs> you know like I, I just felt like wow that's 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 uh that's interesting that that people really sort of demanded that i that i be back and i think it's just you know when you start to play a game and you have that you know nostalgic feeling behind it you you want you know you want the same voice actors back and we know that with shenmue 3 and stuff people people uh really wanted um the voice actors that they knew and loved to um to be back as much as possible. Um, but uh, for, for people to, I mean, really demand that I come back was, wow, like, it, it's hard for me to find words sometimes when I when I think about that. And I and I and I just think like, wow, that that's uh, um, that that makes me very happy you know, but sometimes I think like, wow, you know, it's just, it's just me, you know, <laughs> like, uh, there, there are a lot of people out there in the world, but, but people really, um, wanted me back. And that, 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 that's a feeling that, um, I, I have so much gratitude, um, for, for the fans and the community out there for, um, how you feel <laughs> about something as simple as my voice. So I want to take this opportunity right now, uh, to thank, everybody out there for that for that response um but i think because there was uh the, i i have a feeling that they intended to um contact me about uh being a part of the project but i i don't know if it was going to be as early as it was <laughs> because uh it, it must have been maybe yeah. a week went by um after e3 I ended up getting a direct message on Facebook, I think, and uh, said, "Oh, I'm a representative of Yu uh, Suzuki's team. Uh, uh, can we have a uh, a phone call, a chat?" And so I, you know, we exchanged the number and called me up and said, mm -hmm. "Yes, uh, as you know, we're doing Shenmue Three, and we would like to know if you'd like to be a part of the project." And uh, yeah, you know, I said I'd think about it. I don't know. I have your people call my people, and uh, we'll see what happens. But no, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, immediately I said no. Of course, I definitely want to be a part of the project. You know, Shenmue is something that's you know very important to me. It's very near and dear to me. Um, yeah, I would love to be a part of the project. And it, it's funny, I, we didn't even discuss contracts or money or anything. I just said yes. Let's let's do it. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that stuff wasn't important to me. I just said, yes, I want to make sure that you guys know that I want to be, I want to be in it. I want to be a part of it. Uh, it, it means something to me. So I, I think, um, because there was no, I mean, there, like I said, there was no contract to sign or anything like that. I think there, there was sort of an agreement mm -hmm. that they sent me over that, that said that I, I would be a part of it. Um, but yeah, like, those kinds of things you don't really do, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the entertainment business, you always have to talk about money first or, you know, project and time and where's it going to be? Is it yeah. going to be in Japan? Is it going to be voiced here in the States? Like none of that really had been ironed out yet as, as far as I remember. 
Um, but they kind of just, I think they, they felt that they had to ask me, uh, so they could say, yes, of course, Corey Marshall is going to be back on the project. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that sort of kind of had to happen fast, um, for, for everybody's, uh, peace of mind, <laughs> maybe. And so, yeah, I could say, oh yeah, I was, I was approached by, uh, people on Yu Suzuki's team and, uh, they want me to be a part of it. So I think there's a you know, a sigh of relief uh, throughout the community, at least that uh, that that I would be back um, for the project. And we were very, very happy that you did come back and sort of talk about Shenmue 3. It was amazing, actually, how if you play 1, 2, and 3 back-to-back, you've Rio's voice, despite the time difference, it's spot on, it's perfect, which is a, which is a credit to your performance with it. Th- that, that's, that is something that I guess is... I'm pretty lucky. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I try to take care of myself. You know, I try to, I try to stay healthy. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes or anything like that. So, I, 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 I'm just glad that I remember when I first um, saw Yu Suzuki again for the first time, and we started doing some recording. Um, and 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 I came out yeah. of the of the box, and he looked at me, and he said. I'm, I, you know, oh, you sound exactly like you used to, you know, I'm, I'm, I think he said something like, oh, I'm so happy that you sound, um, yeah, yeah, exactly like you, exactly like you used to, I think is what he said. Again, we kind of have to go back and forth between a translator sometimes, but, um, yeah, there, there may have, there may have been some worry, uh, about my voice, but there's plenty of, um, you know, interviews and stuff like that of me online that they could probably hear my voice and, 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 and know that I still sound the same. But um, yeah, there's there's always that possibility that when you get into the booth, it's, it's always going to sound a little different or something like that. Um, you, those things can be fixed. But again, you kind of with with that much sound and that much data, you want to make sure that it sounds the same. And yeah, I, it, the thing is, is that I spend so much time in the booth doing Hazuki, doing that character, uh, man, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. You know what I mean? Like I, I got in there, I saw my script, I got into that that mindset, that headspace again, of being Hazuki, and it yeah, it was just easy. It was easy to slip right back into that character and give and give you that sort of uh, you know driven stoic uh, character. And I thought, man, yeah, it's just because um, you know doing Shenmue one and two, doing these large scripts all day every day you know what i mean for months um it's it's an easy character for me to jump right back into and i think yeah he was he was very happy to uh hear those same um that same voice that same tonality the same uh you know this uh, you know the same character i think when when he heard that again he's like oh great you know because hazuki doesn't really talk like me you know he doesn't talk like you and i uh, you and I do, it's, it's, it's less conversational <laughs> for him. You know, he's one of those people that sort of internalizes yes. and, thinks, and thinks about everything. Uh, and, um, he, he has very deliberate lines, right? Like every time he talks, it's very, and when, and when he doesn't know what to say, he just kind of says like, I see, or whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I mean, he doesn't just, he doesn't talk, um, 
um, uh, w- w- without reason, or he, he doesn't, he doesn't just let the words fly out of his mouth. So I think when I, when I was able to get back into that space again and, and Yu Suzuki heard that he was like, Oh, great, good. I'm glad that, um, he heard, he heard that same character again, you know? Brilliant. So talk me through your, your first day or building up to that first day, going back into that studio, how, what were the emotions of walking into that recording booth for the first yeah. time in, in what would have been that at that point, sort of 17 years. Talk me yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on there. So, <clears throat> so Yu Suzuki did travel here to the States. Um, cause we, we decided to record all of the English, um, here in, uh, Los Angeles man which really makes it easy there's just yeah i mean you can throw a rock and hit an actor um here in los angeles you know so there's just so many um so many people who do voiceovers uh for video games and animation and everything else um it it was just it's so easy to find to find people so that that was that was kind of like a um an easy decision to make because with everything being so digital now, everything can fly around the world literally in seconds. It was it was easy to record what we were doing, get it. I think they sent it down to to Mexico to get to do uh, an edit, and then that information got sent to Japan so Yu Suzuki could uh, finalize everything and listen to it and 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 um, either like it or don't like it. <laughs> and um, uh, so so you know doing everything here in Burbank was, was, was really easy. Um, but so when, when we first started recording, it was, uh, yeah, like I said, Yu Suzuki was here for a week. He came into the studio with me for three days, but yeah, just seeing him again and, um, meeting with him, uh, discussing his project, um, he oh, it's great because he came in with a colleague of his and a translator, and he comes in with uh, he had a, a bag that had his laptop in it. And he was able to plug his controller into the laptop, and he let me play the unfinished version of the game. And when when I first got a hold of it, we were in Niawu. And I remember walking off the docks, looking around the town. Oh, we were discussing the background and the water. Uh, oh, I did get to see a part of Bailu Village as well. I think that may have been the the next day. And, you know, we were just, it, it was great to have him talk about, um, you know, uh, all the great stuff that they have been able to do. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that, I was really amazed to see what they were able to accomplish with the time and the money that they had. You know what I mean? These things are like not easy Um, with him and his team would be able to accomplish what they did with what they had uh, is, is, is nothing short of, uh, of, of, of like a miracle, (laughs) you know? Um, He, it's, it's great. When I hear him, and, and I remember we, I, th- th- I'm kind of getting off uh, subject here a little bit because uh, there was the other E3 that we had gone to after uh, Shenmue had been released, but it, it kind of ties into this too because when I first talked to him, when he when he when he came to Burbank, he let me play the game, but also when I was talking to him at E3, 
with the the release of Shenmue three, he he has this uh, how can I say like like a, a sparkle in his eye when he talks about Shenmue. I mean, literally, it's like it's like he's talking about one of his kids that he's proud of or something. You know, he he really does. He really is passionate about what he does. Um, this, and I mentioned before, this is his magnum opus, right? Like this is the project that he, um, puts all of his life energy into. Um, so when he talks about Shenmue, oh, you can just see it. You know, he, he, he's, he's a very, I love Yu Suzuki. He's, he's a very like cool down to earth, um, guy. Huh. He he's done all these amazing games. He's made all this money for mm-hmm. Sega. He's he's uh, all these fans uh, go gaga over him. But he is such a cool, humble guy. You know what I mean? He's not. I've never seen him be like like a prima donna. You know what I mean? I've never seen him be like, oh, I'm Yu Suzuki. You know, I've never seen him do any of that. He's 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 a really he he's just. He's a fantastic guy, and if anybody ever has the opportunity to meet him, man, I really recommend it. <laughs> you, you you will find him. Uh, you you he again when he talks about Shinmu, it's almost infectious. You know, you feel like, oh wow, this is this is great. This is something really fantastic. Something that he's been working on that 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 really does drive his life. Again, I, I mentioned that word passion, right? Um, yes. So when the first few days that he that he got there he you know was talking to me about Shenmue we got a chance to play it or whatever and um and then yeah I went into the booth he was you know happy and satisfied that I sounded exactly like Hazuki again after those 15 years (laughs) and and yeah I just remember uh, getting in there into the booth and and now it's all digital again right had this big screen that has all the lines on it and um I thought oh great here we are. We're back. This is, it's like getting back into the saddle. It felt good. It felt like it, um, it felt like this is, uh, not only that it, that it needed to happen, but it was going to happen. Like, okay, this is it. We, we are here. We have arrived. It was going to happen. We all knew it. All the fans knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are. You know, it was very, it was very uh, satisfying to, to to get in there, and it just felt good. You know, I just like, okay, great, here we go. Let's do the work. Let's do the work that we've all been uh, waiting for. That's that's how it really felt for me. Um, not, um, uh, you know, again, I think all of the all of the uh, all of the stuff talking to you, Suzuki, all that is is the emotional part for me. But when I got into the booth, that's when I had that feeling of good let's do the work that that's that's what i felt at that moment brilliant it sounds and it shows i think in in the way rio comes across and it's the fact that you sound exactly the same is is it's like it's literally like being put in a time warp it's the way i would describe it it's literally like you finish shenmue 2 you hear the last line you hear the first line in shenmue 3 yeah 15 years, 18 years has passed. And like, it's, it's a blink of an eye. Yeah. And it's it's credit to your performance, actually, as well. I, I will say that on behalf of everybody, I think you put in a fantastic performance with Shenmue 3. Oh, thank personally. you. Personally. Yeah. Um, so talking about your relationship with with, with Yu Suzuki himself, do, do, you, do you keep in touch with him now, or like outside of the project? 
And um, what is your relationship with him now? Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, I don't get a chance to uh, uh, talk with him, um, you know, very often. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. he He's one of those people. He's like, um, I think he's like always working because I think for him, it's not a job. You know what I mean? Um, for him, it's it's like it, it, it's something that he loves. To, you know, you know, you know that saying where they say, "Find something that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life." I really feel that Yu Suzuki has yes. found that. This is something that he uh, that he loves to do. Every time he talks about it, it's like I said, it's that passion, it's that love that he has. Um, I, I described it before as as almost it's almost like another child that he has. Um, so I don't, I don't think that he's working. <laughs> I really don't think, I think that he is doing what he loves. Um, but that being said, yeah, he's, he's always doing something. He's always busy. He's always, you know, he's always, you know, working quote unquote. Um, but so, yeah, I don't, I don't get the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to talk, uh, with him, you know, outside. I wish that I could call him up and be like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> but, um, Yeah. Uh, he, it's, it's great. You know, he's, he's always doing something, but as far as, uh, the relationship is concerned, um, <laughs> it's, it's great. It, I, I talked about this a couple of times, but, but I'll say it again. Um, when I found out who he is as a person and I found out that he's just a cool guy, you know, that the, everybody I've noticed that everybody around you, Suzuki um, treats him, um, you know, with a very special touch, you know what I mean? Everybody's very respectful around him. Everybody's very like, when they hand him something, it's all, you know, with a very deep bow and they give him with both hands and, and he totally deserves that respect, totally deserves that, um, because of what he's been able to accomplish for us and for Sega and, you know, for, for the video game world, I, he's literally changed the culture of the world that we live in with, with the pro uh, with his, with his games and his, and, and all the projects that he's done throughout the years. Um, so he deserves all of that sort of, I don't know what you would call it fanfare and, uh, you know, reverence and respect and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But, um, when I, when I see him and I talk to him and I interact with him, uh, I know that he's a person, <laughs> you know what I mean? He um, is a guy who loves what he does uh, and he's done some really fantastic things. But um, to me, like, uh, I don't think, and this is, and this is the thing too. I think he might um, enjoy the fact that, that I, that I treat him more as a, as a person. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, uh, I, I mean, even, just, even, even like, uh, again, because when, when I first met Yuzuzuki was of course, back in the day, Shenmue one, uh, he came into the building and there's this sort of hush that comes over the building, you know, and, and somebody came over to me, uh, one of the directors off of the English team said, uh, Oh, Yuzuzuki's in the building. Um, you know, would you like to go meet him? And I was like, Oh, um, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, I'd like to meet him. But of course, my mind is like, oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, that you know, they take me over there. They have a group of people with me, a small group of people to go meet Yu Suzuki. And um, when I get there, there's like a, a crowd of people around him 
that are like all they're all the business people all the people they're all like you know what can i do this is the what are we working on that one yeah. there's there's like this whole sort of entourage that follows him around that you know he you know may or may not want um my feeling is is that he doesn't care <laughs> um but but I, I think people feel that they have to they have to do these things for him right i i feel like people feel the need to do this for you suzuki and i remember when i got there you know people kind of parted and i and i you know i i bowed to him and i gave him respect and i said you know thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be a part of your project um you know i'm honored um you know thank you this th it looks fantastic I, you know all those things i was telling him like uh, this this project i'm so happy to be a part of it, it you know it looks amazing Th those sorts of things and um so yeah the first time i ever met him was was that sort of thing you know but as i sort of knew him throughout the throughout the years i kind of like saw something else you know and particularly here in uh, shenmue 3 when he was away from all of that um I said like I just thought to myself like yeah he's just a he's just a he's just a cool normal guy he's like uh, you know um, uh, again like somebody who has accomplished great things but just but doesn't but doesn't think about that but doesn't care you know at least that's what I saw from him me personally I don't know what other people see and um, I I remember like uh, <laughs> there was this. Uh, there's this time when I was just like, you know what? I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? That's I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna treat him um, like a normal guy and see what happens. And uh, you know, if I, if I get a negative reaction, then then whatever, I'll I'll go back to being super um, respectful and you know do the do the whole thing. <laughs> because even here, even here in the states, people are all like, oh, Mr. Suzuki, it's very reverence and very you know. But I remember I remember one time. He was like, oh, could we, uh, he was, Yu Suzuki asked me, oh, could we get a picture uh, of the, of the three of us? I think it was me, uh, Bill Black, the English voice uh, director and Yu Suzuki, or he was like, or, uh, or even the two of us. I don't remember which one it was at the time. He's like, oh, could we get a, a picture? And I looked up at him and I said, no. And he looked at me for a second. He kind of like turned his head and looked at me and he was like, like nobody had ever told him no in his entire life. And then I kind of looked at him and smiled and he laughed at me and he like patted me on the shoulder and he thought that, that was just, you know, hilarious because I had got him for a moment, even if it was just for a moment where I said, no, we can't get a picture. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, see, there you go. Like he's he's a normal guy. Like he he, you know, he appreciates a joke from time to time. But um yeah, I just I just remember, you know, moments moments like that 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 make me uh realize that uh yeah, he's 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 a he's a great uh he's a great guy and I had a chance to talk to him of course a lot more after that and talking to him about his project and uh even just his life and his daughter and and uh all that stuff. He's he's uh he, you know, when you're with him, he's so warm. Um He's one of those guys that you just like to be around. You like to talk to him. You like to engage with him. He's you just feel uh, what can I say comfortable around him when you're talking to him. Mm. Um, I think warm uh, is the word I just used to describe him. I think that that's how I feel about him. Um, 
yeah, so the, that that that's sort of my relationship with him. It's just uh, uh, again, he's just a, he's just a guy that I enjoy being around um, for for a, a multitude of reasons. But he he just makes me feel you know happy, and I, I don't know. He's just like uh, I don't know, like like a like a, a I don't know, kind of like a, a father figure because I think for a lot of people he is a, a father figure, not only in the professional gaming world. Uh, but to us as fans as well, for all the things that he's been able to uh, create. And I, and I think Shenmue is probably a really fantastic example of that. Shenmue has, I, I talked earlier about how um, it has affected so many people's lives in, in, in a positive way. Um, it's, and, and in fact, um, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying this very seriously, people have told me that Shenmue has saved their lives. People have gone through some very dark times. I think we all go through dark times sometimes, but some people had gone through some incredibly dark times where um, things, uh, I don't, what can I say, it looked very bleak for some people and they thought that maybe they couldn't go on in life. Um, and people have told me this, um, but Shenmue was the game that turned them around. Can you believe that? Like, can how um, profound is that, that uh, this project that Yu Suzuki has put together has been able to turn people around from the darkest abyss of their life, was able to bring them back into the light, basically, where, where they're able to live their lives again, where they're able to pick up the pieces of their lives, whatever it may be, um, and, and able to not only to live on, but to have a, a great, productive, uh, meaningful life where they have uh, 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 changed something about themselves where maybe they're game designers now because of Shenmue, or maybe they're, uh, um, uh, oh, people have told me like, oh, I, I became uh, a teacher because of Shenmue, you know, things like that. And and, and that relationship that I, that I speak of with Yu Suzuki, I think that he's kind of, He's kind of that father figure for a lot of Shenmue fans because he because it's like through through that art of storytelling um, has really, uh, uh, you know, people say that, oh, I try to I try to embody the things that are in Shenmue, the 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 ideas the something as simple as like we, we talk about the four do right? People have said like doing the right thing yes without hesitation you know people say stuff like that has has really affected me and um people have told me that um uh i, I try to i try to emulate in my life those those stories of these characters and i think like wow that's god that is that is crazy shenmue has really literally changed the world uh in a positive way for so many people um so yeah, and I think that that personality of Yu Suzuki, the um, that sort of father father figure um, that he has been able to tell through his uh, that he's been able to give us through his storytelling. Um, yeah, that that's that that's that's uh, for people who haven't been able to to meet him personally and to and to and to feel that to feel that uh, that warmth. Uh, of him personally, I think they can feel that through his, through his, uh, through his game, through through Shenmue, through his project. I think you've summed it up quite quite perfectly. 
actually. I've I've been lucky. I've met met him twice, only fleeting. I will say. Mm. Um, once was in a hotel lobby, um, with um James, who's the co-owner of the dojo. We happened oh. to bump into him. Actually, he was walking off from some I can't remember a dinner or something, and he happened to spot us. Um, I think James is wearing a Shenmue T-shirt, and he, oh, he came nice. over. And um, James showed him um, Suka Pass was in development at the point. Oh. So James showed him that, and and that was really cool because he just he seemed so humble. That's the, the only way I can describe mm. that moment. He was very humble. He seemed mm. such a genuine man, and that was my yeah. first interaction with him. Very fleeting, but but that that sums him up. And the second time uh, we were at a games convention, and I'll never forget this. Um, he was signing items as you do at these games conventions and people were saying one item per person and they were queued up all across the auditorium. It's quite a long queue. Mm. And mm. I vividly remember Yu Suzuki turning around and going, no, I'm going to sign as many as they want. <laughs> right, 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 right. And he sat there and he spoke to, and he spoke to every fan and he mm. signed every item that they wanted. Yeah. And I just think that speaks volumes. For, right. for the care and the love that he has for the fan base. And it's, re- it's right. obviously reciprocated. And then going into the game on a, on a personal level, it changing lives. Absolutely. I and mean, I think it's, it's, it's testament to the world building that he did. I mean, on a personal level, when the first Shenmue came out, my, my father was very, very ill at the time. So that was my escape. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to that. They can escape to Shenmue. They can escape to the world. They can escape to the lessons that that game teaches you. And I think yeah. that's why it's had such a profound effect and why Yu Suzuki's had such a profound effect on everybody. And that's why there's so much love for the game and him within that community, I think. Yeah, think about that. I mean, when when uh, when people go to convention uh, and they meet some you know stars and stuff like that, um, a, a lot of times the stars will, um, you know, they'll, they'll have to do that. Because like you said, sometimes the queue is just outrageous. There's so many people, it's lined up around the 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 whole <laughs> the whole auditorium, whatever it is, you know. There could be hundreds of people in line. So sometimes, you know, stars they they choose not to interact with people. They they sign the thing and they say thank you and they give it to them. And like you said, one thing, you know, let's just keep it going. And you know, I, I completely understand why they do that. Um, why they can't interact with the fans very much or like you said they sign one thing and they move on i i I completely understand why some people do that but like you said yu suzuki it's the same for him where he has so many people to talk to so many people to sign think about how much energy that takes to engage with different fans different people have different questions they act differently you have to when that person leaves, you have to switch to another person and be like, okay, who is this? How are they going to act around me? Are they, are they crazy? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, when I, when I sign things, I have to, I have, when I, when I engage with somebody and I move on to the next person, my mind has to start tracking this person and being like, okay, who is it? Are, are they shy? Are they the kind of person that I need to kind of bring out and be like, hey, it's cool. Come on over. Yeah, I'll sign that for you. Hey, what's your name? You know, and I'll, I'll have to bring that out of somebody or the next person could, could be a complete extrovert who's like loud and excited and they grab me and they hold me and they're like, hey, let's take a picture. And that kind of stuff 
can get exhausting real fast, real fast, because your brain is constantly processing, processing, processing all the time, right? And you're always trying to, you know, answer all of the questions for the fans. Sometimes you answer the same question 30 times <laughs> in a row. You know, sometimes they want you to do a line. Sometimes they want you to write something. Sometimes they want you, you know what I mean? Like I said, that stuff can get tiring and you are exhausted by the end of that. However, that, that what you just said about Yu Suzuki, he wants to be there for the fans. He wants to do that. He wants to give them that experience. He, because you're right. I think he appreciates all the things that they do for him, you know? And I've said this before myself, people are like, oh, you know, thank you so much for doing Shenmue or whatever. And I tell people like, look, thank you for being a fan. Because I literally don't have a job without you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just some crazy guy talking to himself in a booth, you know, with with nothing with nothing to show. If you're not the fan who buys it, right? You're not the fan who, who you know, gets the merchandise, gets the whatever, you know, wants me to sign stuff. Like, I literally don't have a job without you guys. I think Yu Suzuki probably feels the same way. Like, look, I do this for all the fans out there. And the fans appreciate that, and he wants to give them um, uh, the full experience. You know, he wants to um, let them know that he actually cares about them. You know, when he makes something, um, yeah, he's he's creating it for himself. Uh, you know, all artists do that. They they create something that they that they know and love and want you know want to be a part of, or at least most of them do. They they try to create something that they love. Um. So, but at the, but at the same time, he does it for them, and vice versa, right? Like when an, when an artist creates something they love, and then uh, uh, fans pick that up, and they and they want to be a part of that, so they will spend their hard earned money on a video game. Think about how that makes Yu Suzuki feel. That he's created something that he's so passionate about, and all these fans pick up on that, and and that that passion gets transferred back and forth, right? So uh, Yu Suzuki is one of those people who realizes that um, uh, because they love his work, and, and in a sense, they love him, right? They, they love a piece of Yu Suzuki himself. So he's one of those people that I think recognizes that, and it's not like, oh, well, you know, you're just here to consume my junk and give me money and <laughs> you know what i mean like he's he's not that guy he he's, he's I, I believe he's somebody who truly appreciates the fans like the fans truly appreciate him it's that sort of uh it goes back and forth that energy goes back and forth between between Yu Suzuki and the fans and he totally he totally knows that and appreciates that and that's i think that's why he takes so much time with the fans because um he he loves the fans just like the fans love him. Definitely. And it's, it shows. It absolutely shows in, in the way he is with the fans. And, and we are with him. And it's humbling, I think, for everybody involved, actually. It's really, really nice. Because you don't get that that often, especially in the age of social media where everybody's a bit more accessible. I don't know, you lose that personal touch. And I think Yu Suzuki, has, he wants that personal touch. And I, mm. I appreciate that on a, on a personal level anyway. Mm. So we've gone a bit off-piste. I love it. I okay. I'm quite happy to go off piece as far as we can. 
but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, going back into the recording studio for a minute for Shenmue 3, can you talk me through sort of the differences that were between recording Shenmue 1 and 2 and then Shenmue 3? Yeah. Any similarities as well? Sure. Um, yeah, I mentioned before that uh, everything's so much easier now. Oh, my God. The, the, the digital process of everything... Uh, everything being uh, digital as far as our voice recording is concerned, everything being digital on the uh, on the script as well. Oh, man. Oh, this makes things so much easier. Um, for example, you know, when um, when you're when you're doing the script and you're coming along and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Uh, what's the what's the reference here? Um, it's easy to bring up all the lines. Oh, he's talking about that. Oh, this is this is concerning that. OK, cool. And then I'll do my lines off of that. Because before I talked about the script that they gave me every day, they had to give me this massive, you know, like, like Moby Dick style book <laughs> of uh, of a script every day. That um, and it's because they had to have every line of every character just in case there was some sort of reference or something like that. And I was like, oh my god, we're cutting down the Amazon for this for this script every day. Um. And uh, that that's that's you know it's something that always kind of bothered me a little bit, and I was like, can can we recycle these pages? Can we just I, I don't oh man I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, we had this massive you know book like a Bible every day of a, of a script, and now when you're doing vendors, you can just ask them you know where's Scenario Road? I'm looking for some alcohol. Where is uh, a Sunflower Grove? All those things. Um, those are easy to those those are easy all to pack together. So I only have Hazuki lines, right? So I can do those when I'm asking different vendors directions yeah. or where's this or where's that guy or you know something like that. Um, and then if the reference, you can bring up other people's lines. Oh, that's when they're doing that. And I mentioned before about sometimes you have people's work, sometimes you don't. That's also easier nowadays when a voice actor has come in before you. That those th that voice actor can be up there for you to hear in your ear or whatever. That's a lot faster now. Again, I mentioned before about um, editing. Like we would do a very quick edit right there in the studio, and I mentioned before we'd send that off to Mexico where they do a, a, a more final edit, and then that yeah. literally gets emailed to Japan, where all the where it all gets plugged in, where it all goes into the game. All that stuff, and then and then of course that can go from Japan to the states. So think about it; it's whizzing around the world, um, all in the blink of an eye, right? That that stuff is, it's, you know, it's it's kind of cool to think about, but it's also a lot easier when it comes to uh, working internationally and and talking about, you know, <clears throat> money and people who are, you know, based in Japan and we're doing it here in the states and the communication, all that kind of stuff is so much easier. Because back in the day, when we uh, when we re would record something, uh, we would just record it, and sometimes, like literally a month later, they'd be like, "Oh, that line didn't work out. We we have to we have to put that in. We have to re-record that." Um, you know, like if we if we had a line that was flubbed or whatever uh, in the original, it was so easy to to just do it again. Oh, and another thing, script rewrites. Um. Uh, Bill Black, the voice director for Shenmue Three, here in Burbank, he is uh, he is a he he it, he's pretty good at Japanese. He's not fluent, but he's pretty good at Japanese. So um, yeah, 
when when something would come into the script and it looked a little weird, he'd be like, oh, that that's hmm, let's hear that in Japanese. So he we would plug in the Japanese and he would listen to it and be like, oh, I see what they're getting at here. No, no, no. What he means is this. So we would go into the script and he would literally change it and highlight it in yellow. And uh, we would record it like that and then send that to Japan and be like, hey, we did a script change here. What do you think about that? Because of this, this and that, the translation was a little bit off or whatever the case may be, you know, or, um, you know, uh, or, or, or like differences in language, you know, like uh, uh, some of the things that people would say was a little, was, was a little too modern. So um, uh, Bill Black would take it and be like, oh, that's like, that's like 2000s speak, you know, we didn't speak like that back in the 80s. So he'd be like, okay, well, how do we how do we talk like, how would we say that in the 80s? And we just do, do like a little script change or something, you know, we'd send that off. It's sort of like, we'd change it, we'd voice it, and we kind of get the final approval, you know, sort of permission. Hey, does this sound good? Uh, because it's modern speak, you know, uh, you know, I mean, not, not as bad as this, but because because I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it's kind of like somebody would say like, whatever, I, this never happened, but it's kind of like saying, oh, just check the app on your phone. Well, of course, we didn't have apps on our phones back in the 1980s. So he would have to switch it to say something else. N n like I said, nothing, nothing was ever that bad, but but um, just just little things that was that's modern speak. We need to, we need to bring that back to the 1980s. What, what would they say? And he'd kind of get permission and, you know, some things, some things didn't fit. So we would have to re-record for whatever reason or, um, uh, uh so, well, whatever stuff like that was real easy. Um, but some of the things that were the same that you mentioned, sometimes we have time constraints. Sometimes they're real long and sometimes they're real short. Um, because differences in languages, you can get things out sometimes lightning fast in Japanese by saying one or two words. And there's no like word that means that in English. So you would have to say several words <laughs> to get out the same meaning to con to convey the same feeling or something. And that that was hard sometimes where like, oh, crap, how do we say that in, uh, you know, 0.8 seconds? <laughs> you know, like oh shit. Uh, let's see here, because yeah. <laughs> we have to say a sentence in 0.8 seconds. Uh, okay, how do we do that? Or um, which was actually more common, where Japanese sometimes is a is a language that's even longer than English. Sometimes we take short shortcuts in English. Um, that and you and you can and I think this is more prevalent sometimes. A Shinhua had to do it several times. So this is Brianna Knickerbocker. Or, uh, and I rem actually, when Hazuki and Shenhua are walking um, out of the cave, oh, no, no, this is when they're going to Bailu Village. Anyway, they actually, we had to do this actually several times where the time constraint was long. And we had to, um, we had to say sentences where we would sort of take long pauses before we finishes, finished our sentences, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we would kind of like almost take these pauses because we had this time constraint that they had already built, right? They had they had built this scene where Hazuki's walking in the camera, if you will, is on his face. And well, you know, when, when the Japanese, it's actually quite long. And then in English, 
you, we kind of had to take these pauses where we had to be like, and the camera's still on them and still, and, okay, now, now it's finally, finally, uh, we can move on. But that, that, that's kind of something that was the same for Shenmue one and two and in three, sometimes the, 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 it was already built where the camera angle, if, if you will, camera was on him or on her. So we kind of had to draw out our, our sentences or something like that. Uh, so something like that is, is real common. I remember back in the day and we did it, we did it here too, that they would have a countdown. So you have your, um, actually, you know what? Um, we only did that a couple of times because most of the time we were able to, to, to do it within the, I think as a, as a voice actor, you, you, you cut, you get a, somehow you get an internal clock in your brain where you know how many seconds it takes to, to say something. And, and let me explain. So back in the day, we used to have a little countdown and you would have to say your line as it's counting down. It has a, you know, it's like one and then point whatever seconds. And so it would be counting down. You have eight seconds to do this and you're, and you're watching the clock tick down eight seconds while you're, while you're doing this particular line or this particular, uh, you know, um, uh, paragraph or whatever. And like, oh, okay, God, I got to get this in eight seconds. But, um, we, we did it now where, and I think, like I said, that internal clock, you get into your brain and I do it all the time. Like when I'm doing videos on, um, on, um, uh, on, on, on Twitter or something or, uh, for Facebook or whatever the case may be that I, I, I'm like, okay, well this one, I want to be a minute. So I, I'll literally start talking and then I'll stop when I think a minute is, and it's like 58 seconds or something. And I'm like, damn, I'm getting really good at this. Or if I'm like, okay, this one needs to be a 30 second because the video needs to fit within that, you know, whatever, because you only have 30 seconds to, to, to put it on and I, and I'll do it and I'll, and I'll, yeah, get a, I'll get course. a video right on 30 seconds. And I think that's because of my voice acting where we would have to do the line and like, okay, you have. 10 seconds to say this line you have eight seconds to say this line. I'm like, okay, great. So we would do it. And they're like, Oh, you did that one in 11.5 uh, seconds. And I'm like, okay. So I do the same line again, a hair faster. And like, cool. We got it at 9.8 seconds. Sweet. Let's move on. <laughs> you know? So you kind of get that internal clock into your brain. And um, that's, that's something that I sort of picked up uh, uh, particularly in Shenmue three, because there was more of that, um, than there was because I kind of remember sort of the larger scenes kind of had that that time uh, tick down in Shenmue one and two, and in three, yeah, we had several several things that we had to keep it under a certain certain amount of seconds. So, like I said, some of them were really tight, really tight, I, and I, I'm not kidding you when I said, oh, we have 0.8 seconds to get, you know, um, hey, how you doing, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> you know, it's just like, boom, it's got to be so quick. Why? Why did they do that? Why did they? Uh, so whatever. <laughs> Something we have to deal with sometimes as voice actors. Because they want to mess with you. <laughs> I know, right? They're just keeping us on our toes. They're like, oh, they're they must be getting bored in the booth. So let's 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 make these lines really super quick. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that 
like affect i mean you've touched on this but how does that affect your mindset when you're looking at a script thinking oh i've got to do that in two seconds how how right. does that change your performance towards that particular yeah line? see that's just it sometimes it does um where we where he'll even tell me look i'll be looking at a line and i'm and i'm thinking about okay well how am i going to say this uh you know oh who is this is it uh somebody who's just casual on the street is it ren man because if it's ren it's a completely different attitude again that that brotherly uh love hate relationship <laughs> right and it's just like oh okay great well now i gotta <laughs> how am i gonna say this to to ren okay fine and that's completely different than it would be to a street vendor or even a child or something like that um but and so so i'll get that line i'm like okay well, how am i gonna say this and then they'll say oh by the way you have two seconds to say this oh crap dude now oh i gotta rethink about what i'm gonna do here so yeah sometimes it completely changes it where um I, I might be more introspective like oh um oh i thought you meant something else and then they say oh you have two seconds oh i thought you meant something else so it's it's complete you know it, it does will it completely will change the line sometimes and that's that's something that we have to deal with um but it yeah. So, so sometimes you'll, you'll kind of get an idea into your brain and you'll have to completely scrap that and do something, something else. <laughs> so that's that, that, as you mentioned, yes, for, for sure. will change your performance. That's very interesting. I've, I've, I've never known that. So that's quite, quite, quite interesting to hear. And also working under that time pressure as well. As I imagine they're firing line, you know, firing through lines fairly quickly because you're on a time budget at the end of the day, aren't you? Um, sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> particularly with, um, other actors who have to come in and they, they'll do a voice. Um, a lot of times what they'll do with an actor. So, you know, an actor get, will, will get hired for a particular character. Um, let's just say it's, uh, uh, so Bill Butts who did the, uh, voice as Tom in Shenmue three, when you get the, when you get the phone card yeah. and you can call people, so he would come in and he would he he got hired as the voice of Tom. Well, he would go in there and it would only take him like what, 10 minutes to do those lines. I mean, that's I mean, he didn't do a whole lot of lines. Um maybe more if you wanted to go back and change some things or really get into the character, you know, really dial in the accent, whatever the case may be. Oh god, whatever. Matt on the worst case scenario, he'd be in there for 20 minutes, right? Well, an actor gets paid by the hour. So Bill Black, the the uh, voice director for Shenmue 3, would say, oh, hey, well, well, what else can you do? Oh, well, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this accent. I can do an old old guy accent. I can do a child, I, whatever the case may be. So so Bill Butts would probably go in, do Tom first, and then probably do a myriad of other voices that of other characters that are in the game because they want to make sure that they get the whole hour's worth of that particular actor. Um, for me, <laughs> because I was there all day, every day, um, it, it, oh man, we, we tried to do the best we could. Again, when you're asking for directions or if you're asking where to find wine, or if you're asking where to find this particular person and you got to ask every person in the village, oof, that gets long. Um, the way Yu Suzuki chooses to do it is not record it once, which is what everybody does. Everybody records it once. Um, excuse me. Do you know how to get to Sonari Road? 
or pardon me, I'm trying to get to Sonari Road, or do you know the way to Sonari Road? So we would record it three times, and then that's it. The, those three recordings would pop up for every person that you asked along the way. That's how everybody does it. Yu Suzuki, on the other hand, says, hey, you know, uh, Corey's going to ask it a little bit different every time just because it's, you know, the tenation of the voice. The next day, his voice might sound a little bit different. So these are like micro subtle things that uh, that he chose to do in Shenmu, where I would literally have to ask every day different vendors or like I said, kids or if it's the Kung Fu master or whatever where to find particular things because Yu Suzuki said, Hey, let's do it every time. Let's not record it once. Let's record it every time. That's how he chooses to do this particular project. So yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm in there eight hours a day, literally talking for eight hours a day. That gets rough, right? So yeah, my voice would just would change a little bit. You know, I would, I, 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 I would come home and I would I would come home to my family and I'd say, this is the last thing I'm going to say tonight. Um, I'm going to rest my voice, so I'm going to just not talk. <laughs> and they'd say, okay, I think I understand. So I'd try to communicate with my family as best as I could through sign language or whatever, because I just I didn't want to talk for the rest of the day to try and rest my voice for the for the following day of another eight hours of uh of asking where I can find some 50-year-old wine or <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but um so for me yeah it's kind of like there there are these long days of grinding 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 trying to get through these lines um and doing it the you know trying to doing it as if i'm asking it for the first time every every time you know not like yeah <sighs> do you know how to get to scenario road because I've been asking all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it, it's kind of, it has to sound like he's asking it for the first time every time. But again, Yu Suzuki wanted to go through that process of actually asking everybody. So yeah, there is quite a bit of grinding there for me. And th in those days, we do have to try and pump out as many lines as we possibly can, making it sound new, making it sound fresh, making it sound... Um, uh, uh, not labored like it was and man it really was but um so for me there 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 is that there is that that bit of grinding that i had to do um um and then yeah then then there's the lines with the the major scenes and stuff like that um so yeah um, but it's, it's kind of like the, uh, sometimes it's the opposite for me than it is with other actors. They want to keep them in there for the full hour. And like I said, sometimes there are those days where I have to get out all those lines. So it's just kind of like, let's just, let's see how many we can get out today. Let's see how many we can get out. And talking about some of those major scenes, some of the, the sort of the best scenes in the game, I think, are with Rio and Shenhua talking in Shenhua's mm. house. And mm -hmm. um, did you record those separately to Brianna or did you do those together? Mm. So again, with Shenmue 3, we had the opportunity to be together, um, not for all of them, but for a lot of them, which was great. Um, being there in the booth. Um, so we had enough space for, I mean, you could fit three people in there, but um, typically we had two mic stands in there. Um, 
with our with our monitors and um, headset ups and everything. So that that particular booth, we were able to put you know two people pretty comfortably in there. But I mean, if you wanted to, you could pile a whole bunch of people in there if they were doing like background noise or whatever. Sometimes you do that for commercials, like a, um, if people are talking in the background and there's walla, what they call walla, people just chatting like they're in a cafe or whatever. You could pile a whole bunch of people in there, sure. Um, but comfortably two people. Um, and yeah, so me and Brianna Knickerbocker had the opportunity to be together for some of the, like I, I mentioned before, some of those scenes where we're walking down to uh, Bailu village from the cave or when we're going to, I guess I should say to her house, or if we're going from her house to the village, um, we were able to do several of those scenes together. Yeah. Um, and that was great. I love that. Um, uh, do we do any other scenes together? I mean, the thing is, is that. Um, my daughter had the opportunity to be in this one as well because she is a, a voice actress or no, no, I should say she's an actress. Um, and I had her audition for it and I said, Hey, I told, I told Bill Black, I was like, Hey, my, my daughter is an actress. Do you want to give her a shot? And he was like, yeah, send something in. And I sent something that she had previously recorded. I think it was for an audition actually that it was uh, for an animated audition. She didn't, she did not end up getting that one, but I had this recording that she did just recently. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect. So I sent that in to Bill Black and he, and he was like, Oh my gosh, she's actually great. Yeah. Have her come in. And um, so yeah, Katana was able to do uh, three different characters. She did a boy who cries. She did a very young girl. And then she did the girl that you play hide and seek with um, in uh, Bailu village. Yes. And, um, She's the one that ends up on the roof. But uh, yeah, so Katana was in the booth there and I was able to be with her uh, at that time just because, uh, you know, I was, I don't know, proud dad or whatever. And I was just hanging out in there in the booth with her. Um, and I did, uh, I, I believe I did some of those lines with her. We, we recorded those lines uh, with me and with Katana in the booth. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So it was, and, and that's when Yu Suzuki was there as well. So the three days that I saw him was, uh, so we had spent some time with me and Brianna in the same sound booth. And then I think Brianna spent some extra time in the yeah. booth when I wasn't there and Yu Suzuki was there as well. So Yu Suzuki was there with Brianna, with her in the booth alone, w with me in the booth alone, and then the two of us together in the booth as well. So, okay, to talk, talk about the Shenmue 3 recording still. Obviously, you had um, some quite known voice actors turn up in it. Um, Greg Shun obviously played Ren. Mm. Um, you had... Brad Venables, um, who sadly has passed away now, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. um, without confirming names, because you might get in trouble, were there any other sort of known voice actors that may have made appearances <laughs> yes. in Shenmue 3? Yes, and you're right. I I, I cannot name names, actually. Um, but yeah, some, some large um, voice actors who are in um, uh, video games, um, animated series, uh, and other, Ooh, even like, um, even like, Oh, even, um, big, like Hollywood movies, voice voiceover, uh, people, um, were in Shenmue. Um, and I guess I'll, I guess I'll say this. It's not like it's a, 
it's a big secret or anything because it's sort of like a well-known secret. Uh, sometimes voice actors will accept work on a project that they, uh, for example, uh, this Shenmue 3 was not, uh, luckily I'm not a part of the uh, union right now. Um, so I could put my name and face on there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these people were a part of the union and they they can't do projects like Shenmue because then then they they would they would get in trouble. So sometimes they'll come in, they'll they'll do the work, they'll get paid a little extra money, and they won't get credited. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, particularly because they like working with a a voice uh, director, or they like the project, or something like that, and that they'll 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 be a part of it, but they can't uh, take credit just because it's you know as actors sometimes we have to get the work that we can, you know, you got to pay the bills, you got to feed your family, you got to pay the rent, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, sometimes a lot of these big, um, more well-known actors that are part of gigantic projects will come in and do smaller projects that uh, like Shenmue 3 was a part, uh, Shenmue 3 was. And um, yeah, they'll, they'll do the work and not take the credit because it's just you know, it's like I said, sometimes it's just a little extra paycheck. Sometimes it's like, oh, I heard of Shenmue. Shenmue is great. Or they want to work with Bill Black again or something, you know, so it's, it's sometimes they'll come in, do the work. And yeah, there there's some there's some big people that we can't we can't talk about. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit of a secret, but that's that's OK. <laughs> it, it, it'll be up to the fans to uh, to hunt around and uh, see if they recognize some of the some of the voices. There we go, Shenmue community is a challenge. Hunt down the famous voice actors right. in Shenmue Three who haven't got credit. And um, of course, we'll never we'll never confess, but, but do it anyway. <laughs> Obviously, can't say names, but were there any sort of real sort of eye openers in terms of the, the voice actors that came in? Yeah, actually, some people even uh, some even some uh, even some more old school voice actors that had been around a while that I, that even I listened to when I was younger. Um, big name, um, uh, like I said, even even uh, uh, feature film uh, voice actors, stuff like that. Some some old school guys came in and uh, and voiced some stuff. I was like, oh yes, I remember that film, and that was a great voice, or whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, and yeah, th- there were there were some surprises. There were some cool. There were some cool people that came in. Some stuff that's that that really hit some um, nostalgic buttons for me too. Uh, remembering that voice um, from that particular movie or, or that particular game. I mean, stuff like I said, stuff that's been even longer. I mean, stuff people have been in um, movies that are, gosh, like, I, I, yeah, like 20, 20, 25 years at this point. Jesus, even been longer, thirty years ago or something. But uh, yeah, like 25 years ago, I remember wow. that that particular per- person voicing um, in a movie that uh, that I used to love. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, so there were there were some some uh, some some eye openers, as you put it. Some old school voice actors coming in. It's cool. It's interesting to hear that sort of thing behind the scenes because you don't hear these sorts of things. So it's really really interesting. It's almost like a Daniel Craig moment in in um, Star Wars. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a great example. Just, just so they could, just so Daniel Craig could be like, "Well, I was in a Star Wars movie, but of course, can't can't. Let's just keep that real low, right? Can't can't say anything, can't do anything. It's all right. Just put me in a helmet. I'll, I'll march along." <laughs> I'm going to move off of 
Shenmue 3 recording. I want to talk a bit about your community work, actually, with the community. Obviously, you stream on Twitch now um, yeah. three times a week. Um, and everybody who's listening should check out um, Corey's Twitch channel. I put it in the, in the details for everybody so you can see it. Um, you've done interviews with the community. You've done uh, messages with the community. In actual fact, you did one for me um, when we did a Shenmue meet in the UK just before the release. Yeah. You've yep. done a ton of Shemi community work. We, we talked a little bit about this already, that the community drew you in. So what sort of inspired you with the Twitch and, and sort of really delving into that community work? Um, you know, it all it all goes back to the fans. It really, really does. Um, so the fans being in constant communication with me all the time, uh, people asking me to do... You know, the thing is, is that I, if I let's just say something crazy were to happen and now were to become like uber famous, whatever I'm in the next Avengers movie or something, you know, like uh, somehow that happens to my career and I, I take off and I'm a huge movie star. I, Oh, I feel that I will always uh, take the time and put in the energy for Shenmue. I always will. It always will have a special place in my heart. So when you ask me why I do, you know, the, if it's the interviews or if it's the messages or whatever for for the fans of Shenmue or the Shenmue community, Shenmue Dojo or whatever, um, it's it's because um, again going back to the fans where the fandom is so uh, so strong, so closely knit, so um, passionate, uh, they are on another level for me. Um, again, never letting go of the hope of or, of getting Shenmue three made uh, over fifteen years. It's just it's just unheard of, you know. When when the Kickstarter came out, um, I guess it broke the record of the fastest um, goal being reached uh, at a particular time, right? Or I guess the I guess the fastest, right? And then it broke the record of yeah. the uh, of the largest. Uh, amount being raised for a game at that time so i it broke those two records immediately and that yep, again was it because of the fans um so the reason i'm so involved and so engaged with you guys is because you give it back to me um it's because you're always with me you're always talking to me you know all you guys out there are um such a big part of my life um that I'm already, I'm already saturated with all you guys. I'm in there with you. You know, I, I, I again, me being a fan myself, um, I'm a part of the, the, the Shinmu fan community, you know? Um, I just, I, I just, you know, I'm just some lucky schmuck that happened to be, a, that, that happened to get into the game. So, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, every time I talk to um, a fan, uh, you know, even if they have their own podcast or something like that, uh, maybe they have, even if they have a very small channel, I'll go on there and I'll talk to people because they're so happy and so excited to, to have me there. Um, you know, I, I feel that, you know, um, and I, I, I love being there for uh, everybody in the community, all the fans. Um, because the game means so much to people. Um, I talked about it a little bit before, uh, Yu Suzuki, you know, having that interaction with fans. I, I, I think I feel, um, uh, you know, some of the, some of those same 
feelings that he does where uh, so many people love it and have so much passion for it that I, I, I feel a need and a want to be there for the for the community. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love being there for you guys. I love hanging out. I love just talking about Shenmue. I love, uh, <laughs> you know, when you guys talk to me about it, it makes me feel good, you know? So what, what can I say? Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting a little bit of, uh, uh, uh selfish. <laughs> just you guys talk about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> I agree. And I, and I feel the same things you guys do. So I, I, I love hanging out with Shenmue fans. Uh, I wanted to answer your question too about uh, about Twitch because uh, Twitch again was because of fans. Fans had asked me uh, for a while, "Hey, do you Twitch? Do you, are you gonna do? Are you gonna do? You, uh, you want to do Shinmu?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, is that something you guys want? I mean, you you want to watch me play Shinmu? I mean, I guess that that maybe." And then I, again, you know, so many fans have kept kept asking me, kept asking me, and I was like. I guess so. I mean, it yeah. seems like something that people want. And um, I had uh, Benjamin over at uh, Project Katana uh, contact me and he said, look, I want to get you a Twitch. I want to get you on it. Um, I want to set it up for you. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I, I guess so. And then when I did it, um, it was fantastic. I started playing Shenmue. All the fans came in. You know, I had a whole bunch of people in there. I mean, um. I was surprised the amount of people started coming in. I mean, I had people from the States. I had people from England. I had people from Germany, Portugal, people from, you know, all over. Um, and it depends on what time I'm playing, of course. Sometimes I can get people from Asia. Sometimes, you know, and it's just so great that when people come in and they start asking me questions and I'm playing the game, and they're like, oh, thank you for doing this. Uh, it's so great that... Uh, uh, the voice actor who's who plays the main character is doing the uh, doing the game. People just people just thanking me for doing it. I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> you know, thank you for coming in and saying hi. You know, um, so again, it's all because of the fans. Um, fans uh, want want to see these things happen. They want to they want to hear me. They want to talk to me. They want to hear me on the podcast, and they they wanted me to stream. So I I just listen to what people wanted and um i i i gave them uh what uh what they desired what they were you know people would have been me so many times so i said okay i'll do it i'll do it and it turned out to be a lot of fun i love it i love streaming and hanging out with you guys yeah and i i come to your streams quite regularly and yeah they're always really good fun they're all everybody's really cool really chill they're just really good nice i like i really enjoy your streams i can get in on, i get in on the saturday because they're saturday evenings for us here yeah so that i can get in on the saturday it's always really really good and chilled so obviously you got your twitch channel running what what what's in the future for your twitch channel um sort of going forward yeah good question um so i am playing different games uh, they all tend to be sega games right now i'm playing alien isolation i'm playing yakuza like a dragon those are on monday and thursday but those are five o'clock los angeles time so it's you know it's pretty late for you guys but like you said i get to play shenmue 3 on uh on saturday and that's when i get a whole bunch of people from the uk of course you know i got a lot of scottish fans i got a lot of uh, a lot of english fans um and then like i said i get a ton of people from europe too and i love that i love getting different people from all around the world coming in and saying hi um so that saturday is a great time for 
uh, all you guys over there across the pond, as they say. And um, um, so as far as the future is concerned, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm going to, you know, branch out, see what else is. In fact, you know, I've I've talked to um, Project Katana, who's helping me out with all this. Um, hey, you know, what, what do we do moving on? You know, let's uh, maybe some real popular games, something that a lot of people watch. Um, you know, maybe I could go in there and play. In fact, I might even put up a poll um, here pretty soon on Twitter and ask people, hey, what do you want me to play? Um, I love playing games that are sort of related to Shenmue. I love playing uh, Like a Dragon right now. I was playing uh, Yakuza Kiwami before. Uh, and I and I thought about it. Hey, let's just go through all through all of the uh, Yakuza games, man. I'll be playing those forever. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of catching up to do. I was going to start at one and two, go down to zero, keep moving on. And um, but see, this is what's cool about Sega. They found out that I was streaming, and um, they said, "Hey, what are you streaming?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm doing all these Sega games because you know, first of all, I love the Alien franchise, and uh, I was I was." doing Shenmue games, of course, I'm doing those on Saturday. And I said, Hey, you know, we're, I'm kind of doing the, what is it? The, the cousin or the, the nephew of Shenmue. I was doing Yakuza. Right. And they said, Oh, cool. Are you playing Yakuza like a dragon? And I was like, well, I started at the beginning and they said, Hey, I tell you what, um, we'll give you the codes to Yakuza like a dragon. They gave me the legendary edition, uh, for Yakuza like a dragon. Um, yeah. And they said, you know, play this uh for the fans because a lot of people really love the game they really a lot of people really like it right now and uh how do you feel about playing it and i was like yeah absolutely so sega gave me that so that i could play it for you guys so that's how cool sega is they they wanted to they wanted to give me something that was um that was really popular for you guys to to check out right now and they wanted more people to see it and um uh, they're basically doing some fan service there to, uh, to, to have me play like a dragon. I was I'm more than happy to play. First of all, I love like a dragon. I like, I like the gameplay. It's kind of cool. It's like a, it's like a RPG, you know, I like playing that style and, uh, uh, I love the story, love the characters, man. Sega did a really great job with that game. And, um, yeah, sort of keeping it in that they did. family. I love, I'm playing. It's great. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, I, again, it, I, I thought it was so cool that they, you know, they're doing this for the fans. I, I, it, it's, it's a great company. I really love, uh, you know, all the work that I've, I've done with Sega in the past and the, the work that I continue to do with right now. So, Corey, one thing I've noticed is your daughter, Katana, sometimes makes sort of guest appearances on your Twitch channel. Is she going to be joining you further for any other projects or anything on the channel at all? Uh, so yeah, as far as the Twitch channel is concerned, yeah, she, uh, well, first of all, she's always doing like what we call katana bombs. She's always like jumping in, saying hey to people and stuff like that. She's become kind of like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, people sometimes get excited when she comes in and, and does a photo bomb, right? But, um, she's a pretty, you know, regular, um, Thursday evening, uh, uh, Twitch appearance because uh, she loves to play the Alien Isolation game that we're playing right now. Um, but, uh, you know, actually speaking about us uh, being together, we are currently working again on another project. Now, this is a video game project. We'll be doing voiceovers for it. And it's called Korg of the Dead. And uh, she'll be playing a final boss, and I will be playing 
a final boss. So actually, I'll be the guy all the way at the end. So you you have to beat the whole game in order to uh, in order to get to me. So, but that's that's something that we'll be doing uh, a little bit uh, uh, together again. But um, yeah, you know, as far as the uh, Twitch channel is concerned, you know, I I'm I'm actually still trying to convince Katana to make her own channel because uh, that would be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, she did start trying to do her own Twitch, um, so she does currently have a Twitch set up. But the game that she was playing was banned, <laughs> so she couldn't she couldn't actually play it because with oh, the, with the it. And they say, yeah, you can't play this particular game out on Twitch because we don't want people to see it or something. It's like, oh, that's such a shame because it's one of her favorite games. But um, yeah, it, uh, I think, see, the thing is, is that uh, we're, we're in the process of upgrading everything. We're going to get a, a new gaming laptop and everything to get the whole channel really sort of geared up and awesome for everybody, for all the fans out there. I think I'm going to put out a poll to see what people want me to play, you know, and again, I can branch out from all kinds of stuff, really popular games, uh, doesn't have to be Sega or, oh, and then of course, uh, with Shenmue 3, there's DLC to be had too. So <laughs> I haven't gotten the DLC yet, but uh, there are some fun little side uh, projects that, um, that uh, some side quests, I guess, that I'll be uh uh, being able to do with the DLC, but oh man, as far as that, I don't know. Like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do after Shenmue? We'll just have to play Shenmue Four, I guess. It'll be that that beta version of Shenmue Four that I have tucked away. <laughs> that I'm not that, that I can't show anybody. I'll. I'll uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Wouldn't <laughs> uh, be, be careful with that. <laughs> Uh, oh, that, 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 do you know what? It leads into a question I've got anyway. Is is Shenmue Four? Obviously, I, I I spoke to Cedric in a previous interview. Yeah. He said they're preparing it to be pitched to publishers. That right. was before Christmas. Right. We obviously we don't know what's going on since then. What What are your hopes for Shenmue Four? Oh, what are my hopes for Shenmue Four? That is a good question. Um. Um. Well, we had a few limitations in Shenmue 3. I hope that we are able to uh, flesh all that stuff out. We're able to get uh, really a, a, our full game back. Uh, again, what we were able to accomplish with Shenmue 3 is incredible. I think what uh, they did a really fantastic job with Shenmue 3. Um, I, I can't believe it, really. I mean, when I think about it, I just think, I, I you know, what they were able to accomplish is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I want that full Shenmue gameplay experience back. Um, I, th I think it's great because every time we play Shenmue, there's always something a little bit better, a little bit different. You know, from one to two, we had some differences where they improved on some things, you know, and there's some cool, uh, some cool stuff. And then now in three, love it or hate it, there's the eating thing, you know, <laughs> where, where some people are like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to eat now. But that's like, but doesn't that make sense? Like you have to go and make money and buy food and you have to eat something. So it's like in Shenmue 4, I'm, I'm kind of looking for that. Oh, what's going to be that next cool, um, you know, game uh, uh, mechanic that we'll have to deal with, you know, <laughs> like, oh God, now, now do we have to go pee now too? Oh my God, this is, <laughs> is that something that we're going to have to deal with? <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, again, pe when people, <laughs> I remember when Shenmue came out and people were like, oh my God, I have to deal with time now. Uh, I have to deal with, uh, I have to go home and sleep. I remember people complained about that when Shenmue 1 and 2 came out, or I guess, you know, in particular 1, people were like, oh, I'm going to be home by 9 or ine Sun's going to be all mad at me. So I stay out anyway. I go to the arcade and I, and I, go, and I come home at 11 and then she's all mad at me. But, uh, you know, of course, now we take that we take that uh, as, well, that is Shenmue. That's what you do in Shenmue, right? Um, but, uh, you know, and, and again, you know, how, how things work is uh, it makes sense. I mean, for example, if you're playing like uh, Breath of the Wild or something and you get hit in the head and you're paragliding out, you can still eat something and, and regain your, your hit points, right? And it's like... You know, okay, is that how food works? I don't know. But how what happens to Hazuki is that he gets into a fight, and yeah, he needs to replenish something. But also when he's just running around, of course, you're burning calories. Like you're literally running from one end of the village of the other and then down back to Shenhua's house, and then you got to go do some kung fu. Yeah, dude, you're going to be tired. So of course you have to eat something. So, um, you know, that, that just makes sense, you know? Um, uh, it's not just about getting hit and then replenishing yourself with with food. It's it's about you know uh, uh, all, all these things that we have to take into account for. And, and again, something that we used to something that used to be kind of annoying is now I don't know almost taken for granted because everybody does that now. Everybody has a sun cycle. Stores are not open at three o'clock in the morning. You know this the sun does go down when you're playing a big open world epic game. But yeah, now you got to eat too, right? I mean, that's that's something that you have to do. And again, uh, Shenmue takes it to to that mm -hmm. level of, yeah, of course, when you're running around, you're burning calories, you got to eat something. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, what happens in Shenmue 4 because I'm hoping that there's another game mechanic that we uh, that we'll we'll have to figure out and have to have to deal with. <laughs> we might hate it at first and then we'll start taking it for granted. Like, Oh yeah, of course you have to eat something. Um, but as far as like story is concerned, that is, a you know, like people have asked me that before and I've always thought about it. And I thought, man, like, where are we going with this story? Cause I know Yu Suzuki has had this, um, story planned out forever. And, um, I know Shenmue three probably had to be a little bit different than he planned. Um, because of, uh, you know, whatever, as far as time and budget and IP is concerned. And um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I haven't had, since uh, I spoke to him at the beginning of Shenmue 3, I haven't had any opportunity to, to, to talk to him again about story or anything like that. So I don't know how much he's had to, change or maybe he he's had to hold back some story from Shenmue 3 like maybe he wanted to do more I'm not I don't know um so it, it, when Shenmue 4 continues yeah it's just kind of like oh uh, you know oh without 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 spoilers so if anybody hasn't finished Shenmue 3 what can I say um so of course we're introduced to some more characters I would like to see oh who are these people uh some some more uh some more mysteries were sort of revealed at the end. We want to find out who some of these people are. I would love to see some more uh, background into those characters, some some more of their motivations. 
um that that cool that stuff is all like new and yeah. exciting and uh, i can't wait to find out some of the dynamics between some of those characters because i think some of our ideas about um who those characters were like Londi, for example like his place uh in the world uh may have may be different than we thought originally so i'm kind of looking forward to the the, the those characters and that uh um the 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 background to those characters i guess i should say and and their whatever their their motivations and all that kind of stuff I, I'm, I'm looking forward to um finding more of that stuff out that's going to be cool yeah and i think you've, you've sort of touched on this shenmue 3 is a base i think for shenmue 4 it sets everything up yeah so that shenmue 4 can really go into those those character motivations, mm. the the background, the story, and 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 how we've got to where we are now. With I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, of right. course, but I, I think Shenmue Four can be what Shenmue Two was to Shenmue One. Yeah, you know, I I, I tell people too. I, I'm like, you know, Shenmue Three. I felt was the bridge to get us to Shenmue Four. Right? We uh, we we were able to have. Um, we introduced some characters. We were able to see these locations. We kind of, it's kind of like a little hop, skip and a jump to where we need to get to four. That, that, that's how I kind of describe three is that this, it's this beautiful, um, you know, like maybe, maybe it's like the verdant bridge that we see in Shenmue three, right? It's like, it's like that part that you get from one part of the village to the other or where you enter the village really. Um, and that's that's kind of how I view Shenmue Three. It's kind of like that vehicle that gets us there, um, so that we can enjoy um, the the progression of the story. It gave us a great little um, taste of all the the things that we will start to uh, enjoy. Right? That was the appetizer. I feel I feel Shenmue Three is a bit of an appetizer for uh, <laughs> for uh, for four and uh, hopefully five and uh, as, as many as we can get. <laughs> Yes, definitely as many as we can get. Okay, my final two questions. Mm -hmm. Number one is there's obviously the anime mm -hmm. and we are jumping up and down because yeah. we want you in it. Have you heard anything about it yet? Yeah, um, I have not. Yeah, unfortunately. So, um, you know, I always tell people like, hey, let your feelings be heard. You know, <laughs> if, if, if for some reason uh, you want me to be in it, uh, which, uh, you know, some people have expressed to me that they do. Let, let that let that be known. You know, let let people know that. Uh, yes. I think there's a hashtag going around right now. It's like uh, Corey for Shenmue anime or something like that, um, that that people have been. Um, there is. I've yeah, seen that it. people have been putting out. So that's cool. That's exciting. I'm, I'm glad that people want me back or at least want me to be in the anime and I have anime experience too. So, um, yeah, I would love to be a part of that. Um, but officially, yeah, I have not heard anything. Nobody has approached me. Um, nobody from, uh, any of the other, uh, companies that are involved. I mean, we all know Crunchyroll or, um, and, and, and you know, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure how that would go. Um, who will, who would be approaching me for all that? Um, yeah, because there's there's a lot of like big names involved. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know big companies that are that'll be a part of that. But well, I, I guess we'll see. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I've heard people people concerned that they're going to hire um, all anime people, that they're, they're going to recast it, and and all that stuff. So yeah, if you, if you guys are concerned about that, just just let it <laughs> let it let it be known. Um, but yeah, I I would love to be a part of that. Uh, you know, again, with me being a big fan, uh, with me being uh, with me having a previous anime experience, it's kind of a different animal than uh, than. Uh, than video game voice acting, particularly when things are already animated. Sometimes they're not animated, so you you have a little bit more free reign. But sometimes that they are, you know. Sometimes they're already animated, and you have to do, you know, you have to match lip flap, or you have again with the timing and stuff like that. The, those sorts of things you kind of have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but that again, sometimes it's because it's old material. Sometimes it's because you're you're doing something that's already in Japanese and you're trying to, you're trying to translate that into English uh, for English dub or whatever. Um, but so, yeah, sometimes you'll have more free reign if they're like, Oh yeah, give us this line and we'll anim- animate over the top of it. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then who are, are, are we going to have a Japanese dub as well as an English dub? Are we going to have only Japanese dub? Are we going to have only English dub? I, I don't know. Those things um, we'll have to uh, flesh out. We'll have to see in the future. Well, fingers crossed. If there's an English dub, if you want Corey in the English dub of the anime, get on social media right yeah. now. <laughs> Hashtag Should have done Corey it yesterday. In fact. Anime. <laughs> I think is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to close us off, and my, my I always ask this for every, every person I've interviewed is. Do you have a final message for, for the Shenmue fans, the Shenmue community, sort of as we hopefully approach not just the anime, but Shenmue 4, Shenmue 5, and whatever the future holds? Yeah. You know, I, I, again, I've said this before, Shenmue fans are incredible. Keep it up. Do do the things that you do. Um, because everybody out there in the world, as far as Sega is concerned, as far as Yu Suzuki, as far as, uh, you know, again, the, any, any companies that are involved with the uh, Shenmue anime, um, they see you and they hear you. And they, uh, th- first of all, that's why some of these things are getting done. Um, and if, you know, when you keep up that, that love and that passion for Shenmue, uh, all the people out there, who are in these companies um, see that and they hear that, and um, you know, to to some of these companies, it's it's all about money. You know what I mean? Like, hey, what what money can we make off of this particular uh, uh, particular game or something like that? So that's what some companies are excited about. Um, so you kind of have to think about that. Like, okay, well, you know, um, you know, let's let's make sure that we buy Shenmue Four, that we um, <laughs> that that we that we buy the anime or we stream the anime wherever that is. Um, just be there for for those uh, particular projects. Um, but I think the main thing, uh, and I and I talked about this a little bit before previously in the interview, is that love, and I, and I I keep bringing up this word, but I think it's appropriate that love and that passion um, that you guys have for Shenmue um, is what, I truly believe this, is what keeps the projects rolling. You know, Yu Suzuki feels that from you guys. You give him uh, hope. You give him that 
renewed passion to keep going on to uh, to make Shenmue Four to keep uh, to keep going with with his um, love and desire and dream to make this uh, project a reality for for the world. Um, so. Um, my message to you guys is continue to do everything that you do. You're already doing it. You know, um, you guys are that fire that burns that, you know, that, 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 that bale fire that you see, it's the beacon in the night, um, that, uh, that, uh, everybody can see from miles around, you know, whether, like I said, even if it's just some company who's just worried about making money, you know, that's, that's their prerogative, whatever. But all the other people who, who, who see passion projects and, uh, Yu Suzuki sees you, other fans see you, I see you, um, though that, that, that burning passion that you guys have is so inspiring. Um, so, Thank you guys so much. Thank you fans for being uh, who you are. Thank you for being so amazing. Thank you for everything you do for me, for me and my family. Um, Yu Suzuki, I know feels the same way. He, he, you talked about how, how engaging he is to the fans because I know that he appreciates you guys, how, how much he loves uh, what you do for him. Um, so keep it up keep it up keep doing what you're doing um and again thank you thank you for being so amazing thank you for being the shenmue fans that you are that is a fantastic message Corey. um thank you so much for taking a large chunk out of your day to talk to me um i've enjoyed every minute of it it's flown by um and i will have to get you back <laughs>